another episode of a podcast about music, which, if you're new here, is a podcast about music. I'm one of your hosts, Logan. And I'm Eric. And this week, we are talking about John Williams, who scored the movie we saw last night called The Rise of Skywalker. Now, I am going to set a five-minute timer so we can talk about it. Or, a, uh, yeah, a timer, I guess. Um, and we'll talk about it. So, without further ado... Five minutes to talk about the movie, so skip ahead if you don't want anything relatively spoiled for you. Five minutes starts now. Eric, what did you think about this movie? I thought it was good. That's it? We're talking fast today? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought J.J. Abrams and the team over at Lucasfilm and Disney did a pretty good job of wrapping up the Skywalker saga. Logan, I'll tell you this much. I found that compared to the first ones that came out in the late 70s and early 80s, the graphics have improved drastically. Yes, they have. Uh, there was a bit of a uh, starship battle, mm-hmm. and the amount of ships that they digitally rendered into the shot was immense. So I thought that was pretty cool how they could do that. And... This Kylo Ren character. What do you think about him? He's very good sometimes. He's very bad sometimes. You just Very never... good acting on Adam Driver's part, by the way. You never know with that mm-hmm. Kylo. Mm-hmm. We, we really shouldn't give any true spoilers. We've got a lot of fans out there who haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah. Let's just say this. It's got its ups and its downs. It's a good long movie. You'll have a lot of fun seeing it. Action-packed. How about this Lando guy? Lando Calrissian. What's his real name? Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams returns, folks. Everybody's favorite from the first glimpse we got of him in... Empire Strikes... Oh, Solo, technically, but Empire Strikes Back. No, Empire Strikes Back, we saw him for real in the beginning. Yes. Considered many a fan favorite. Uh, Has Star Wars been an important part of your life, or have you just kind of liked it as a kid? I I liked it loosely as a kid. I think I only really ever saw Empire Strike Back. Empire, Strikes. What is it called? Empire. The Empire Strikes Back. Empire. Or maybe not. Empire Strike the... Back. <clears throat> it's like the umpires strike back. Yeah, exactly. Like they went on strike, but they're calling strikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. For I those of you out there in um, overseas destinations, we're talking about the sport baseball. Um, so, Logan, to answer your question... When I was a child, I saw the first Star Wars that was released. Of course, we call it Episode 4 now. Um, What do we call that one? A New Hope. I saw that when I was approximately six to seven years old. And I can tell you it was the very first movie I ever saw on a VCR. Really? In someone's home. I've never seen a previously recorded and replayed movie in someone's home like that. It was the first time I saw that. But then, as I grew a little bit older, I did see Empire Strikes Back several times. That was Loved in that. 80, I think. Mm. I think. Don't quote me on I, it. I only discovered it a little bit later that's, on. That's my favorite out of and all these Star Wars movies. The third was, what, Return of the Jedi, as mm-hmm. we call it, Episode Six. That was fun, but I never really got too into that one. You know that George Lucas originally called it Revenge of the Jedi, but changed the title shortly before release, because he thought Jedi don't really have revenge because they're peacekeepers it is a movie that has a a much sort of gentler happy-go-lucky tone what 
Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's that fun loving with all those little cuddly little fellows all over the place. Ewoks. That's for like ten minutes when they're fighting the Empire. It's kind of a dark movie. Well, clearly I didn't pay attention. But other than that, Rise of Skywalker was an emotional overload. I think because I was excited to see it and then. I don't know. Not, like, cry-worthy, because I did not cry during this movie, nor have I ever cried during any movies. Eric, you didn't cry during this movie. No, but I certainly have been known to tear up during Home Alone, Home Alone 2, you name it. A manly man. Um, Home Alone is actually going to come up in the podcast later on. But, yeah, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed Palpatine in it. Yeah, I've heard of him. He was good. The Emperor. The Emperor and Ray's heritage. Oh man, Folks, I looked over to you to my right with a shocked face, and you were just glued to the projection. I'd like to give, in our last thirty seconds where we're allowed to speak about this, a big shout out to the folks at Dolby. Oh my gosh, that they sound system! Me, they was... had me at bass. The bass shook the seats. It was pretty wild. Um, it was good. I liked it. So if you ever have a Dolby Cinema experience, I or if you have the means to get one, it's it's very good. So Rise of Skywalker was, it was good. And there's our five minutes is up, which leads us into the composer that's done. Has he done all of the scores for all the Star Wars movies? All the scores. John Williams. He was born in New York City on February 8th, 1932. Making him how old? Why don't you tell me? Because I think I know that he's 87. 87. Wow. Still going. In just a couple months. Um, he studied at Juilliard, and he worked as a jazz pianist and solo musician before starting to compo- compose for television and film. His career took off in the 70s, and since then he has scored more than 100 films, including Jaws in 1975, the Star Wars films, E.T. in 1982, and Schindler's List in 1993. Williams has won five Academy Awards and received a record-breaking number of nominations. Logan, I think people would be curious, not just for three song suggestions today, but for a little something else. You got anything for everybody? I do. I have my uh, list of my top 10 John Williams scored movies ranked top 10. Number 10. Is that best or worst of 10? We can't call it worst. My top 10 movies that he scored. Number 10, Fiddler on the Roof. Have you seen this movie? Fiddler on the Roof? Yes. I believe that was around long before he was. No, he scored it. The movie. I believe it's Some a, of the songs in the movie. It's a play or opera or something. Oh, yeah. Years in the movie, long but gone the play. by. Yeah. Um, that's number 10. I haven't seen it. I heard the song, the uh, end song, and it was good. Number nine, Lincoln. Lincoln, I've heard of that. Lincoln, he did that, he was, did that score? Yes, that was good. I saw it last year in university, and I enjoyed it. Uh, number eight, Home Alone. One of my favorites. Carol of the Bells. Anybody ever tell you what a tearjerker that movie is? Especially at the end, when he looks out the window and sees the neighbor reuniting with his family. I know. You said just not three minutes ago that you tear up during Home Alone. 
Number seven, Harry Potter. Now, Harry Potter is interesting because I didn't exactly realize he scored Harry Potter until just recently, maybe a few years ago, but I really like the Harry Potter music, or I liked it, but it's good. That would be a great reason that it made your top ten list, huh? Yes. Anything about Harry Potter you have to talk about? Mm, you ever heard of Hermione? Hermione, yeah, I have. Uh, number six, Schindler's List. I just six start, of ten. Just started watching that recently. Is it good? It's I haven't cool. seen it. Wonder, I haven't seen it, but the wonderful, music's Wonderful, interesting movie based mostly in on a true story. Mm-hmm. I won't give you any spoilers, but I'm only halfway through it. Wow. All <clears> right. <throat> Cough button. Uh, number five, Jurassic Park. I've heard of that. Me that too. iconic music was John Williams' yeah. imagination. Mm-hmm. So he, he's really just the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to music scores because all these themes and songs are so different from each other, but they all came from the same mind. Could you remind me what the Jurassic Park theme song sounds like? Just hum a few bars for me. I'm not going to hum it, but I will. Okay, folks, during yes. this dead air, let me tell a joke or something. Okay. Logan, why was six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Interesting. Oh, that's right. Yep, we're going to get copyrighted for that one. $20,000 per play. Yeah. Um, all right, number four. E.T., the extraterrestrial. I've heard of him. He scored that movie, which is amazing, although I haven't seen it. I really? love E.T. Yeah. You love E.T. I love E.T. I painted him. He's an uh, acrylic painting behind us. and You've got an E.T. t-shirt. I've got an E.T. t-shirt. You should probably see the movie. I've got an E.T. wallpaper on my phone right now. No, I don't. I have a Rise of Skywalker <laughs> wallpaper. It's fine. E.T. is number four. We're down to the top three John Williams scored movies slash series. Coming in at number three out of top, my top ten is Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 nope. What's that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I've heard it though. I know what it is. It's. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. Go yes. ahead. I like that movie. It's fun. It's a wild ride. Number two, Jaws. All right, enough for yep. that to do what? And coming in at number one out of my top ten list is Star Wars. The saga. He the scored saga continues, episode you know. one, episode two, episode three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, solo. And I think that's it because Michael Giannasio, or I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he did Rogue One, I think. Interesting. That's not the Michael G episode today. This is John W episode today. So that's most of the Star Wars movies. And that's my number one. Great, great shout outs. We'll link up some of those that Logan decides are the most iconic and most fun for your listening pleasure later on. Yeah. So obviously just check the show notes or product description as it may be. Not a product, but if you want, you as can pledge some money to us and it will be. Logan, um, did you hear that? What? Did you hear that knocking? 
What is that? Hello? Come in, please. Logan, look who it is. It's our old friend, Real or Fake, at the front door. Oh, wow. That's so funny. Hey, Real or Fake. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm going to be hosted by Eric and Logan this week. Funny enough, you sound a lot like Logan. That's because I am. Funny enough. Plot twist. I am Ruler Fake. Logan? My boy. I have been every Ruler Fake you have ever heard inside your headphones. That's a Rise of Skywalker. Alrighty. That's a Rise of Skywalker uh, head nod there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Real or fake? Here we go. For those of you new to the show, Logan and I will each read a story to the other. Two stories, in fact. Two news stories, one of which is real and one is fake. Yep. Logan's going to try to decide which of my stories is real or fake, and I will do the same for him. For those of you paying attention, the score thus far is Eric... Six million, Logan zero. I've got a pretty good track record here. Obviously, that's not true. In fact, Logan's been doing a good job of fooling me the last few months. I'd say it's really six million to six million at this point, but I think I might stump you too. Logan, I'd like to go first if you don't mind. Yeah. I've got a couple of doozies on deck here. Yeah, go ahead. I've made a point the last few weeks of having a theme. Last week, it was... Not so smart criminals. Mm-hmm. And this week, it's from the glorious decade, the 1980s. Oh wow, that's glorious! I know you weren't alive in the 1980s, but there's well, a, a. I was few, in high school in the 70s. There's but, a few yeah. trends that um, tend to inform the real or fake this week, and you'll hear what I'm talking about in a second. Hit me. Story number one. From the year 1985. You ever heard of parachute pants? Yes. For those of you unfamiliar, Google it. It's amazing that anyone ever thought they were attractive, but people were into parachute pants. Uh, Parachute clothing in general as well. They just wanted to make that sound as they walked down the hall. Loose, flimsy, thin, parachute-like material that was uh, quite a rage. And unbelievable looking back on it, how ridiculous it looked and sounded at the time. But, from the year 1985, during the height of the parachute pant craze, one designer found a very inexpensive way to make a very warm, lightweight winter jacket in a similar parachute-like material using a combination of cotton fiber and long-grain rice. Interesting. It took the fashion industry by storm and hit the shelves in time for Christmas 1985. Hmm. Unfortunately, Logan, the whole endeavor unraveled immediately when the clearly untested material began literally disintegrating in rainy conditions thanks to the rice fiber fabric. There was a total product recall, and it was estimated the designer's company lost upwards of $17 million. That's over $30 million in today's dollars. Wow. So that's story number one, Logan. Mm-hmm. The rice parachute debacle of 1985 next story please next story also from the 1980s but earlier in march of 1980 at southern california university 
Many female students were complaining that someone had secretly painted their toenails as they were studying in the library. That's weird. It's very weird. That's why this is weird news. Police dubbed the perpetrator Leonardo de Toenail. (laughs) That's so weird. That's also so 80s. A man was eventually apprehended carrying 15 bottles of fingernail polish but let go because police hadn't caught him in the act. They would have been able to catch him if it happened today because there's cameras everywhere and they would have seen him sneaking around under desks, probably in those little cubicle cubbies that they have in libraries Mm -hmm. to study where you could just sit on the other side, get down there and paint somebody's toenails. Yeah, and just go to town. Yeah. He was, however, unfortunately unable to stop himself. He was caught later painting women's toenails again the following year, and this time was ordered to a hearing, but he never showed up and was never seen again. He couldn't stop himself from painting toenails. He sure loved to paint toenails. He should have gone into that line of work. Manicurist. There's your two stories. Parachute pants and Leonardo de Toenail. Well, you seemed a little caught off guard when you started to read your second story. I don't know if that was just technical error or like your CPU was overridden or something, but I don't know. I feel like that is an indicator towards that's the fake story, but Leonardo de Telnail feels very 1980s-y. So I'm going to go with the Telnail story is the real story. And you would be 100% correct. Oh my gosh. One gold star for Logan today. One golden lightsaber. So uh, that is the one for O, my favorite this week. And I'm going to tell my dad some other stories right now. All right, here we go. I, I didn't call you Eric. That was like a uh, plot twist. All right, story number one. Californian, California woman dreamed about eating an engagement ring and woke up to find that she really did. Quote, I popped that sucker off, put it in my mouth, and swallowed it with a glass of water, Jenna Evans wrote in a Facebook post about the ordeal. All right, I'm saying that is the real... Go ahead. uh, You haven't heard the other one. All right. The Bad Pets Museum is officially open for business. Up in Utica, New York, you can visit a mid-sized museum where you'll find chewed-up shoes behind glass, huge prints of mug-covered dogs, and shredded pillows upon pedestals. Admission is fairly inexpensive, coming in at $12 for an adult and just $8 per ticket for a junior. And if you have pets, they can come in and look at the destruction for free. I call fake on the pet museum. Why? Um, there were some red flags. Okay. You're correct. No one would spend that much money on admission to a pet You're correct. museum. <laughs> but it's a bad pets museum. What would you pay to see that kind of destruction? A uh, movie ticket? A movie ticket. <laughs> By the way, those Rise of Skywalker movie tickets were obscenely overpriced. That was opening night. Yes, and you bought them like two months in advance. And, and it was I'm, that, I'm Dolby, that Dolby yeah. surround job. Dolby 3D sound or moving audio. That's what it was. It shook the seats. But, uh. It was, I believe, yeah. um. Yeah, audio that you hear, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Video you see. Audio. Video you see. 
So, wow, we're just, I, I feel like people might think we're faking it, but we're not. This is 100% genuine father-son bonding going on. We're connected, so we know what's happening. That's another Rise of Skywalker head nod. What is this, a second visitor today? Hello, who is it? I know what you're saying. You're so smart. Logan, it's Adam Sandler again. Hey, Adam, nice of you to join us once again for, what's this segment called? Weekly Wisdom. Weekly Wisdom brought to you once again by Logan's Voice. Uh, this week, we have another piece of wisdom for you all, and it reads like this. When shoveling snow this winter, spray your shovel with non-stick cooking spray before you go out. The snow will slide off easily, making shoveling a breeze. I wonder if the same would be true of the product we're not allowed to name, but some might call WD-40. Uh, not sponsored. I would guess that's one of the many, many uses of that product. They say there's hundreds, literally. I guess you could put it on a shovel, but I want to try this next time it snows because we live in an area where snow falls from the sky. It's if rampantly. you haven't seen snow, I think we've described it on the podcast before, but it's it's frozen water, basically, but it's not ice. It's falls from the sky. It like falls from the sky. Like something out of a fictional fairy tale yes and it's it's fluffy fluffy it's white and it covers the ground and the trees sometimes it's as much as two feet aka mm, over over one and a half uh excuse me over half a meter tall and uh it's cold it's really cold yeah because 32 degrees fahrenheit zero degrees celsius or centigrade as some say do you know calvin i know calvin he's a nice kid um, that's the freezing point for water, and snow falls from the sky in what we call winter. Happy winter solstice, by the way, I think. I think today's the first day of winter. I, Can you check on that? I will look into that while you're hitting us with some more winter wisdom. Uh, <laughs> uh winter wisdom. What could I tell you? Um, shoveling. You shovel the snow to get it off your driveway or a road so you can drive out somewhere in an automobile which is a mechanical invention that uses gasoline petrol or electricity and it has a motor and it turns four wheels most commonly four wheels in the same direction propelling you forward to the destination of your choosing by using a steering wheel which moves those wheels either right or left and then a gas pedal which increases the speed or rotations per minute, I think, maybe, yeah. of the engine, which makes you go faster, or pressing the brake pedal, which applies the brakes, making you go slower. And uh, that is how a car works. Thank you, Logan, for that winter wisdom. You're welcome. I've done some digging, mm -hmm. and I've Was it pretty hard? the truth. Winter solstice 2019 in the Northern Hemisphere will be at 11.19 p.m. tonight, December 21st. Wow, how magical. 11.19 p.m. Eastern 11, Standard Time. Eastern, which is our current time zone. I don't think December you should tell 21st. people about that. That's too specific. But that's that's awesome. I'm excited for it to be winter. As always, guys... 
happy holidays, whichever one you celebrate. We hope you have a family and friend-filled prosperous holiday. And we hope to see you next week. Folks, just a little PSA. Even though it's not hot out and you're not feeling dehydrated, remember to always hydrate, hydrate, hydrate.